Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 157. It's the quarterfinals, it's England against Australia, and it's crunch time as we go looking for our seventh consecutive win against the Wallabies. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Morning guys, this is it, two and a half years in the making and this is the first time that it could all go horribly wrong. Uh, Dan is here with me, Dan we made this call two and a half years ago, we've we've stuck by it, we've backed ourselves. I've never been more confident. Do you know what, weirdly, we could obviously rue this, it has happened before, but yeah, I, I... I feel less nervous about this game than I have done about some of the the kind of lesser games in the pool stages. I just I just feel that there's there is a confidence floating around. You know, these boys are they're ready. I I I think that's the spot on. They are ready. I I always get big match day nerves, and uh, you know that's going to come. Last night I uh, had a whole Domino's to myself, which I can't eat a whole Domino's to myself, but I forced myself because I know I needed to carb load before the big game. <laughs> So um, I had that, but I, I think you're ready. I think you're right. They are ready. They feel ready. They seem ready. Um, I mean, and Eddie's done everything. You know, there's, yes. there's, as, as always, there's the chat that, you know, if things do go wrong, people are going to turn and look at Eddie and they're going to question, has he pushed them too hard? Has he done this? Has he done that? And I, I think you have to say no. You know, he, these guys are, are, they look more ready than any team, apart from uh, 2003, which was very different. Because they were, they were, they, you know, they were playing a different style of rugby. They were a dominant side in in rugby. They'd um, been ready for years in two thousand and three. Yeah, whereas, whereas this team seems to have just hit it at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And it just it feels it feels good. So you know, I think he has done he's done his job. He's he's got these boys to a level where they're capable of going all the way. And you know, now it's up to them to to deliver. This is the one. It's coming back for Johnny Wilkinson. He drops for World Cup glory. It's up. It's over. He's done it. Johnny Wilkinson is England's hero yet again. And there's no time for Australia to come back. England have just won the World Cup. What what I find what I find interesting is I think a lot of people have underestimated the Aussies, me being number one. But I don't think England have. Um, you look at Eddie's, and I think they've said the right things. They've thought, but as Underhill and Curry said in an article, they they can't wait to play against you know Pocock and Hooper, two players that they idolised growing up. Yeah, and, well, and, and you, you, you'd have to, wouldn't you? I mean, Pocock and Hooper have been the names that have been whispered whenever you talk about you know the sort of the ultimate art of jackling at the breakdown and. Um, oh my- you know, and that's and that's what that's what Underhill and Curry are, are there to do. You know, they they are there to be England's Pocock and Hooper. <coughs> yeah, Hooper. Ab- absolutely. Uh, but that's true. And I mean, Pocock and Hooper are brilliant. And we have to remember that that is they are a threat. If they if they start ruining our game, that that could be that could be making England stay tough. Yeah, England are going to have prepared for this. You know, I think Hooper himself was who was interviewed last week, and he was talking about the fact that despite their reputation, you know, they haven't been nearly as effective in this World Cup as they did as they were in say two thousand and fifteen, statistically speaking. 
And in response to that, he's he said, you know, the, the bottom line is that the rest of the world has learned to deal with it. You know, the ruck is something that is uh, it's trained for. You know, players specifically trained for how to defend it. They specifically trained for how to attack it. And, you know, what Pocock and Hooper were doing in 2015 and before is something that the rest of the world seems to have cottoned onto. And as a result, you know, people have made it less of a of, of an impacting, um, you know, dominated by Australia. And I guess it's a little bit like with the All Blacks. You know, for so long, uh, the All Blacks brand of rugby was something that no one seemed to... No one seemed to know how to deal with it, and you know, there's a. I think a lot of teams have have learned. They may not have learned how to deal with it for eighty minutes, but they've learned how to deal with it. And so that you know, that's one of the reasons you're not seeing these hundred nils anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. So let's go into that a bit. Let, let's look at let's look at the Aussies first and look. So obviously, Pocock Cooper. Um, I know we're going to talk about their backs, but actually, at the scrum, the Aussies are. Are now a decent team. They used to be. They used to be. Let's face it, shit. But their front row, they've they're pretty. They're pretty solid there. I mean, how much of a threat do we think that is? I, I think you know England got one of the best packs in the world, if not the best pack in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I think you 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 go in totally confident, and I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a threat. You know, I can't see them. I can't see them. I can't see Australia turning England's scrum over for eighty minutes and and just no. ruining their game plan. It's just not going to happen. It might. It might not come easy. You know, England. It, it may be that England are not going to absolutely dominate them at the breakdown, but uh, sorry, uh, in in set piece. But I, I think the key the key to this game is winning your own set piece. Yeah, because because yeah. then you can play smart rugby and you can create set piece opportunities. Um, I think the, you know if if Australia start turning England over, then then something's gone horribly wrong. Um, you know if if however England can, you know, turn over a few of the, the Australian set piece, then the key is to turn that into points. You know, I think New Zealand against South Africa turned South Africa over twice and scored twice. Yeah, uh, and that and that's going to be vital as well. You know, being able to react, um, being able to to react to the situations that um, that occur on the pitch, you know, during the game, and and hopefully that's one of the areas where this England team has grown. And you know, um, I think you know lots of people talking about what's he done, why is he taken forward out, you know, and you know, Farrell hasn't had a great game recently. He should have been the one that was rested. I, I disagree. I think. Owen Farrell's leadership, I don't know if you've seen the latest episode of Rising Suns, we've obviously referenced them a few times, but it's been fascinating to watch and it's the closest thing we've got to a bit of a fly-on-the-wall documentary yeah. of the boys in camp, it's, and it's fascinating. Um, they're episode 15. And I think, yeah, if you were watching that and you knew nothing about rugby, you'd have thought Owen Farrell was a coach. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Owen, Farrell, Owen Farrell takes a massive leadership. You need him on the pitch. It was, you know, it's, it's, it's watching. It's watching the, the other players around him when he speaks as well. You know, you look at Owen Farrell, and the rest of the world looks at him, and they scream things around no arms and shoulder tackles. And you know, incidentally, he hasn't been doing that in this World Cup. It's been getting done to him, and people have been getting sent off around him. Um, so he seemed, you know, he clearly. And there was talk before the World Cup about him working on that specifically as part of a, you know, development in his game. Um, but you know, he, people look at him, and they and they talk about baby faz and all this sort of stuff. 
But when you see him speaking the way he does in train <clears throat> in training, you know, the, the, he has a very captive audience. Yeah, Owen Farrell. All, all the noise in the background is not going to put Owen Farrell off. Owen, from what you know, what we know about Owen Farrell, he is the most focused, dedicated man out there, and he has got huge respect, and he's huge to this England team. I, I, I feel um, like today's the day. I, 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 I feel like today's the day, and as well as today and in two weeks' time, I think will be his big days. So what do we think? The other big matchup then, just moving on a bit from Farrell, has got to be in the midfield, right? Yeah, I mean, Australia have gone, you know, England play are playing a big ball carrying team. You know, they're playing an attacking threat uh, physically type of team and Australia have responded in kind. Um, well, I, well, actually, that, that's a good point. Have Australia responded or have we responded to Australia's? Because Australia, that is Australia's thing. <clears throat> I, do you know, I... I, I it, it could be either. I, I, th- I don't. I don't think Eddie has has gone. I'm changing my team because I think Australia are a threat in the midfield. Despite what people are saying, I think Eddie's planned this. You know, in, or, or maybe we are, but it's been planned in advance that yeah. Australia are going to. We, we're going to play a certain type of game plan against Australia, and it's going to be, be about going down this this particular route. The fact that Australia keep changing things up. The fact they've brought in Pattaya, who you know, Jordan Pattaya, who, who, as we mentioned in the last episode, has I think had. You know, he's he's come on three times. Yeah, you know, this is his third cap. Uh, sorry, this is his third cap. I, th- <clears throat> I think it might even be his first start. Um, but you know, very little experience. Not to say that he's not great. Very little is known about him. Um, it's a gamble for them. Uh, you know, he could yeah. be he could be a serious threat. Six foot three. I'm guessing a bit of pace on him. Um, don't know. Haven't I'm- seen much. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this is possible, but there's a rumour going around that he's even younger than Tom Curry. He's 19, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a young lad. He, he. I think he will be a threat, but he could he equally, could've... though. Let's not forget, be a massive weakness because there is a yes. there is a lack of experience factor that you ha- that you can't ignore. Um, you know, look at uh, Cipriani in 2007. Was it uh, when Cipriani came on the scene? He was awesome. But for England, do you remember he came on and he played at fullback and he basically caused us to lose the game because of a couple of really poor decisions that were that were I think just down to a lack of experience and, and a lack of understanding about your surroundings and your team and and it was My, just those 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 little moments when an international side playing against you are going to spot them, react to them, and punish them, and yeah, you know, those moments can cost a game and in a knockout stage of a World Cup that's pretty pretty significant. Yeah, it's an interesting one because Tuilagi, well, Tuilagi doesn't care what's in front of him. He's going to run through it. Uh, but Slade, Slade's not the oldest guy out there by any means, but Slade has got a rugby head on him. And I actually think Slade could, which is why I think Slade's a good advantage. I think Slade could pick apart any any inconsistencies or perceived weaknesses in um, in this in this lad's in this young lad's game because. I think Henry Slade has got a great rugby head on him. He, absolutely, he does. I think the only concern we have with Henry Slade is that his last <clears throat> his last start was in June for Exeter. Yeah, um, he's he's come on as a replacement twice, I think, in the World Cup, but but for you know minutes and and at a stage in the game where he wasn't didn't really get much involvement. Um, so we haven't really seen much from him. He wasn't involved in the warm ups. 
Um, I mean, we've got JJ on the bench if things do go wrong, but you're right. You know, if if we see the slate of pre-World Cup warm-ups, the slate of the Six Nations, um, you know, it's going to be more than just vitally important. You know, he could be a he could be a game changer. Um, you know, I'm a, I am a convert. Um, so yeah, he'll be a very interesting one to watch. Um, yeah, I I feel I you know I feel like England. I think despite the threats of Karevi and Pattaya, and we're going to come on to Karevi in a moment, but um, I feel like the, the Manu Slade combo just offers something a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. We're, I, I think of a moment which I quite like with both of us. We seem. We seem quite understated. We seem quite calm about it, which is not always the case on match day. No, and it may um, not be at half time, Dan. It may not be. <laughs> and, and the next thing our listeners will hear is what happened in that half time, which is why I quite love this format. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, so well, let me ask you another question. Has the break, we've obviously missed a game. Yeah. Has, has the break helped us to prepare better for this game? You know, we talked about it before. Was it a concern? But So, so. What concerns me is, yes, I think it's helped us prepare better, but I can't remember who I heard say this, and it's so true. In a game of this importance, you can't start slowly because fighting, you know, fighting to come back in a World Cup quarterfinal is, I'd say, harder than fighting to come back in a Six Nations match because, realistically, there's more at stake. And where the break may not have helped is perhaps you're not quite... 100% 100% switched on because of that two weeks instead of one week. You might be in 99.5%, but at top-level international rugby in a World Cup quarter-final, that could make a difference. I don't think it will, but that's where the break may not have helped us. Do I think it helped us? I don't think it's going to have an impact either way. Nice, nice. Well, England v Australia, we've played 50 tests against them. It's 24 England, 25 Australia, one draw. England owe them this one just to level things up. In World yeah. Cups, six tests, three apiece. In World Cup finals, two tests, one apiece. Um, oh, wow. England have obviously won the last six. It's their longest winning run against Australia. Uh, and two key players to watch. Marrow, uh, most turnovers in the Rugby World Cup so far, despite playing one less game than an awful lot of them. So that's, yeah. a, that's a, a, I think, an interesting stat. Yeah, Jesus, good. These are good stats. Um, like and Karevi, most defenders beaten in the Rugby World Cup so far, more than double Manu and JJ combined. He needs wow. neutralising. Yeah, that hasn't... Uh, that he does need neutralising. Karevi is a huge threat, which may be a reason Manu's, Manu's starting opposite him. Well, it's, I think I think there's definitely a, a factor um, going back to what you said before about you know are England reacting to Australia? I don't know if it's reacting to Australia. I think it's simply going right. One of their biggest threats can't be denied. Look at the stats. Is this guy? Um, we want to make sure that we can, you know, be be dominant. Not just not just spend the, the you know, eighty minutes trying to deal with him, but actually deal with him early, physically, uh, aggressively, and. Um, and you know, take take him out as a threat, so to speak. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's because I, I mean, have you got anything else? Because I feel like I'm starting to talk too much at the moment, waffle, and I need to get my cup of tea on. I need to get my bacon bap on. Uh, Dan clearly I, was not prepared. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't prepared, but my uh, 
my girlfriend's friend was calling in the night, kept waking me up uh, because she was calling my girlfriend to complain about what an arsehole her boyfriend was and because she knows that my girlfriend has an arsehole boyfriend as well. Damn, so I'm have to stop you there. <laughs> right. It's, it's called a final stay. No one cares. It's called, it's called a final stay. Despite being woken up, I am ready. I am super excited about this. And... This is it. This is it. It all comes down to this, guys. Thank what, you. What, what, okay, predictions, predictions quickly. Oh, we're going predictions now. And then, yes, yeah, predi- score prediction. Score prediction, obviously England. Um, oh. I'm going to, I think England by 12. And I'm going to go, no, I'm leaving it at that. I'm not going with the score. Okay, I'm going England 25, Australia 17. 25, 17. Hey, I know you don't. Get, I know. You, I know you don't get bonus points in uh, knockout rugby, but I think England are gonna just beat them by eight, just to say, even if this wasn't a, even if this wasn't a quarterfinal, we still wouldn't give you a bonus point. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, guys. Really appreciate you tuning in week in, week out. It's all come down to this. Um, hopefully, you're with us again. Um, hopefully, we're all celebrating a result. But before we get to that stage. We need to find out what happens in the first half. So we're going to leave you with the anthem and we'll be right back. Half time. Uh, this is knockout rugby. England slow start. I don't know if you'd call it a slow start. Australia were fierce in that first sort of ten minutes. Uh, England soaking up the pressure. Um, they went three 0 down, but two quick tries, uh, and it's seventeen nine. Um, England looking strong. I love Tom Curry. Uh, I, I that guy's awesome, and that's why Henry Slade was picked. That was an absolutely beautiful kick. Uh, Australia, Australia are playing. <clears throat> They're looking good. This is the best I've seen them play uh, in a while since they beat the All Blacks. Uh, but England, England are, d- are doing well. They're doing well. Um, uh, by no means is this game one. No, not even you can't even nearly say that. But I think, I, I, mate, I, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. So you mentioned Henry Slade there, mm-hmm. um, and you know it was a, a, a masterful little um, move to, to sort of, to, to, I guess, to identify that the pass wasn't really on, but the little kick through was, um, and to, to kind of create that opportunity for Johnny May's second. Um, but he's also the player that has had the two handling errors that have been quite costly to England uh, in terms, certainly in terms of, of um, kind of momentum and and. Um, territory is that a sign that you know he, having he, having a lack of game time that there are implications to this I, I i think australia targeted him i think australia have seen that and they're putting huge pressure on him and henry slade's trying to be he, he's trying to be quick a couple of errors but i also think he's done some really good stuff uh he, he he's not been afraid to take them on 
And he's also, um, he, like, he made a good tackle on Karevi when, oh, the fact that Manu, the fact that Karevi got one over Manu has made Manu angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, are we worried about Carl Sinclair? He, obviously, we know he's a bit of a hothead. Like, he's brilliant, but he can be a bit of a hothead. And it seems that the Aussies are starting to get the better of him in the scrum. And is that something Eddie needs to be very aware of and ready to make a change? Uh, I, I, I think so. I, I think it is something he needs to be aware of. I don't think what was brilliant at the start when they got one over on him and then they tapped his head, he reacted well. And then the next scrum, he got one over on them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Sinclair's a great player, but maybe bring on, um, right, I'm going to get this right. Maybe bring on uh, Dan Cole. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> maybe bring on Coley and just. Just to just sure up the scrum. Up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To sure up the scrum. No one's going to get to Dan Cole. He's a philosopher. He's a thing. So. That that I can see. Um, overall, I think there's been some great performances. I think Farrell's been brilliant. Uh, yep. I think the Kamikaze kids have been absolutely immense. They just got to keep. Just, it's it's about the pressure, you know. I think massive takes from this. Um, I, I was, it was a bit disappointing actually that in commentary they were talking about two lucky tries from England. I thought the first try was well worked. It took, they took yeah, their time, eventually got themselves in position and they created an overlap and they put the ball wide at the right moment and found a gap in the corner. And the second one, sure, it was an interception initially um, and that and that part of it is is to a degree lucky. Um, but once he had the ball in hand, he wasn't going all the way on his own. So he, you know, he had to think fast and to put that little kick in and wait it just right so that... But the you, skill in that kick... You could argue there's a little bit of luck in, in the bounce being, no, no, being no, no, nice no, for Johnny. No, he, no, he, he he that's he kicked it exactly for that. He, he did a just you can't, a cheeky you can't you can't kick it to know that on the fifth roll it's going to pop up in the air at the exact speak moment to, that the player's coming coming through speak, on it. Speak for yourself. I I'm, um, I'm speaking for you, mate. No 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 no. I he would have and it was it was an immense bit of skill. Uh, it was. I mean, look at it. They're just showing it now on the replay on my screen. That's yeah. That's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, um, Faz has his boots back. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's huge. Because if he if he just missed one of those kicks, it's a different game. Yeah, agreed. Um, it, the, the I think the thing that that in some ways is worrying me is the fact that Australia Michael Hooper he's got his head. Uh, he's he he knows that Australia have played well in the second half in a lot of their games after slow starts, and he's building their points. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's yeah. not kind of frantically looking to score tries. Uh, you know, on the on the flip side, England haven't conceded a try in that first half, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, they're they're building their points, and you know, it, it's now what seventeen nine. So you know, one try from them, and there's, it's a one point game. Um, yeah, it's. So he is building the points, but so are England. I, yeah, and yeah, I think true. of England, um, I, I mean, England are taking that. And as long as Tom Curry's pass for Johnny May's try, by the way, was awesome. Just just flipping back. If England can keep their heads, build their points, take the points as they come, I, I think that's fine. If we can stop Australia from scoring a try, which, bear in mind, they look dangerous. They have got some really dangerous players. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a good place, but Karevi is a great player and does look dangerous. What's it? Is it Pattaya? Yeah. Um, he looks Pattaya. He looks how Kim Jong Un wants to look, doesn't he? He just an in shape version of Kim Jong Un, but he is a good player and he's not. 
you know, he's still young, but he just has no fear. Interesting. Yeah, true. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a threat. Uh, Kirtley Beale's been a threat. Um, looks good. But you know, England are dealing with it. And I think, you know, that that little yeah. um that little break that they made, uh kind of in that first twenty minutes, I guess it was, um, and they said it in commentary, you know, it was great that England didn't sort of freak out and all go yeah. hunting the ball. You know, they 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 took it in, they got back in position, they made the tackle, obviously they gave up 30, 40 yards, um, or 30, 30 40 meters, sorry. Um but they got there, they made the tackle, and eventually they shut down the move. And um, and that's nice to see as well. They've got their heads. I think the half-time's come at the right time, with Sinclair yeah. getting a bit a bit hot-headed, with, with Manu perhaps on the verge of wanting to break something. Um, you know, it gives them that moment for Eddie just to say, calm down, keep your composure. Yeah, yeah. That's what's, that's what's you know, winning you the game at the moment. Don't, don't make any silly mistakes. You have probably given away a few too many penalties. Um, but keep your composure. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, if you can go out there and score another couple of tries, another couple of penalties, this game's, you know, comfortably won. Um, you know, if we can have repeat the second repeat the first half in the second half, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that out, but you know, that's that's a strong that's a strong um a strong game. I mean, what did you say? You predicted twenty five seventeen. So certainly that is looking still very possible. Yes, yeah, it it is a possible score. Um England, yeah, England can't, and I, I know this sounds weird. I almost think it's good, but we haven't got another try more points because uh, then it would be easier to come out and to defend. I think England now know that they still need to come out, they still need to play, yeah. and they still need to score points. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, we'd take that Scotland game in the Six Nations. You know, you're so far ahead that you're coming out and you're not really knowing what needs to be done next. Yeah. Whereas and, here, it's very clear that you know you've had a, you've made a, a very good start, no questions. Um, but you know there's still a long way to go, and you've still got to be putting points on the board. You still got to be building that score, and it's not over till the full time whistle. So, um, exactly, exactly. It's, it's it's Australia are looking dangerous. Australia played really well. Well, you know, fair play to them. They're, they've come out, they've looked to play, they're competing, and they at the scrum, in scrums, they've probably actually got the better of us. Uh, as a as a forward pack as a whole, I would say we've got we've slightly out. Uh, I don't know. I think it's fairly even up front, but Australia are not now going to come out and play and give it their all. They've got absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, They're in, not expecting interestingly, to win. Interestingly, I mentioned uh, a moment ago that Australia typically have a strong second half, but they rarely have a strong first half. And despite the scoreline, actually they've had a strong first half. So do they have the do they have it in them to now step it up a year, or or you know, are England going to get the opportunity as they often do, uh, or as they used to do, sorry, um, to kind of open things up a bit in the second half? Uh, I don't know. I So typically, like, like you say, historically, you think England tend to have a stronger second half against Australia, but this is the World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah. E- everything's... Should, okay, so yeah. should Hooper be in the bin? Uh, what, for that, for lifting the leg? For lifting the leg and, and turning Billy onto, uh, and I know that he, I know that it was aided nah, by the yeah. other Australian player. But the bottom line is, he he picked him up, he lifted the legs above the horizontal, and he brought him down on his head. I I think I uh, accidental see, I or not, he, I'm not talking red card here. I'm talking yellow. I, I but, think I, I think it should have been a penalty. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think, think it you can give. I don't think you could give a penalty and not a card for that incident, though. I don't think you could say penalty for for because what would you give it for? Lifting the leg. What? 
But yeah, but, but I, I think that, I, but I think that's a card. I think I I personally thought he was driving through the tackle, and because of the other person. But but I don't think that I don't think it's angle. I don't think Dan. I, according I, to the rules, I don't think that's a mitigating circumstance. I think it's unfortunate and it's accidental, and there's no malice involved. But I think but you know if you, if you lift the legs and I you put the player the down rules. on their head, then by the letter of the law, you have to go to a card. So I think if you're saying penalty only, it has to be. No, I, I, I think it's penalty only. Yeah, I don't think it's a yellow card because I, I do think the law's different with the fact that the reason he went on his head is because there's another player there. But, I, I, but what I'm saying to you is I don't think the law takes that into consideration. I think the law says that's unfortunate. Well, that, show, me, but... sh- show me the law and I'll uh, back your point. Okay, here you go. <laughs> You're going to look it up, aren't you? You're there you such go. There you a go. villain. You're such a villain. Um, <laughs> Dan is always uh, sitting on the fence. Um, no, 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 no. Let's I'm not, let's, not let's move on, Dan. Let's move on, Dan. No let's move on, Dan. Um, guys, uh, yeah, great first half. This is knockout rugby at its finest. Um, let's just hope for something similar in the second half. Obviously, Mate, yes, come on, come um, on. And uh, and hopefully we're coming back to you in forty odd minutes. Except it won't be forty odd minutes. It'll be just a thirty seconds or so um, with equally happy. Uh, things to talk about and and ha- hopefully with England having put in a strong, strong second half. So we will catch you momentarily. There you have it, Dan. England, the first team into the semi-finals. The the journey, the march on continues. Uh, it looked a little hairy for a moment, but f- wow, forty points to sixteen in a quarter-final against the old enemy. Hello, World Cup semi-final. I believe you've been expecting us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, mate, what a win. What a win. Like you say, there was one brief moment of, oh, no, no, don't do this. And then we were like, yeah, just, just messing with you, Aussies. We're going to destroy you now. I am going to say this, though. I thought the Aussies played really hard. I thought they were... I actually thought the way they dealt with it, they're like as people and as rugby players, very good. I think they gave themselves a lot of credit out there. England were just too good. Do you know what? Yeah, I completely agree with you. And people looking at the scoreline would say the Wallabies got dicked, and you know they they did. But when you look at the statistics, statistically, Australia did everything right in this game. Um, they had they had sixty two percent possession for the game. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 64% possession, 62% territory. Uh, They made 568 kicks, passes or runs versus England's 273. Jesus. Um, You know, tackles, it was pretty even. Uh, Well, no, it wasn't even at all. Australia made 66 out of their 78 tackles and England made 160. So it wasn't even at all. Um, (laughs) But uh, percentage-wise, it was pretty even in terms of completed tackles. Uh, Scrums, they had less, they lost one. England had more, they lost one. Lineouts, Australia were 100%. England lost one. Um, penalties, Australia only gave away five penalties in the match. 
England only only gave away eight, which is also very very good. But five that is, is good. fantastic. Um, yeah. So yeah, you look at the statistics and and if you're Australian, you you you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. As a, as an Englishman, we're absolutely loving it. And as you say, forty points to sixteen is phenomenal. I mean, it just goes to show. Uh, I guess the question here, Dan, did England categorically execute their game plan because it was defence, 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 and it created scoring opportunities, which they took. But uh, the, the defence was so. Did they? I don't, don't know their game plan, but yeah, possibly. But you're right. Their defence was awesome. Curry and Underhill are absolutely brilliant. Um, um, Curry, rightly so, player of the match. Yeah. Underhill, I'm glad got taken off because that guy just has no respect for his body, <laughs> and he just he needs to rest it up. But those two are brilliant players. But the Aussies as well. The Aussies fronted up. Uh, they really did front up. And people say England hadn't been tested. That did test England. Yes, they run away at the end, and got the got the try and I love the fact and I was, I think they said in commentary but I was thinking the same well Anthony Watson's been quite quiet today but when Anthony Watson has the ball he looks dangerous and he read that really well and that just shut them down I but my only negative and it's not even a negative but I thought Elliot Daly didn't have his best game but equally the times that the, the Aussie winger got past he's pretty he's pretty rapid yeah, Daly made a few mistakes. For me, there's still a question mark over Elliot Daly as a 15. Um, you know, when you when you're looking for a team of world class players, I I think that Elliot Daly as an individual rugby player, you probably would just about categorise him as world class. I don't yeah, think he's as good so. as he has been in the past. Um, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that fullback is his best position. But, you know, it's irrelevant. We're in a semi-final and that's where he's been playing to help us get there. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, the other question, Mark, um, and I guess this refers back to that question which you've already answered in the in the first part of this pod about, the, about Eddie's selections. Henry Slade, was it a mixed bag? Because there were moments of genius. He did some very, you know, he, he was... He was clinical and vital at, at certain points in that game but he also made a few mistakes is that is that because simply because it's you know you need you need match fitness you need to play games and obviously his injury has meant that he hasn't been able to and the fact so, that he got through this strongly means that he's absolutely the right call for the semi-final because now he's kind of got that out the way I, I I think that's fun I'll be interested to see how he goes with the semi-final I suspect he'll go the same and like you say, that could have been an absolute genius call, Eddie, like get rid of that rustiness because Henry Slade does offer something that not, none of our other 13s do. Yeah. He does offer just that, that rugby brain, that those just touches of brilliance. And other, the other 13s have brilliance in other ways, but no, Henry Slade, that, that grubber through for Johnny May was absolutely genius. Henry Slade, to me, there was one point when... I think Henry Slade reads the game so well. I think he reads the game as well as Ford. Interesting. Um, so I, I, that's a, it's a big shout, that. But I, I think he does. And I, I'm so glad to have him. I am not going to make a great... <laughs> I, I'm not going to make a even and fair... I don't think I've done it in one pod, but an even and fair reflection on the game because I am buzzing by that win. I think, and I but do you know, Dan, I think that's okay. I think it's okay to be both buzzing and be honest because that, that, that sums it up. I mean, you just have to look at those stats. 
to, to score that many points and be that clinical despite that amount of possession. Um, and people might say that that's a, that's a problem, but I think that's it's not a problem. It's, it's the way that they played the game. You know, they kicked well. Um, they controlled the tempo of the game. They controlled possession and territory, even though when they didn't have it. They were happy to give possession back to Australia. Um, and they backed their defence, which was awesome to, to deal with, with the Australian kind of counter-attack. Um, so, yeah... England's possession was low, but it was almost, you know, that that was almost as if it was intended. They kind of knew that was going to be the case because of the game plan that they went with. And they did control the tempo and they did control the game. And the further Australia fell behind, the more mistakes they made because of de- out of desperation to try and somehow find a way to turn things around. And, you know, England remained clinical and just made that impossible for them. I mean, even Michael Checker, you know, who's usually the first one to blow up and, and come up with every excuse under the sun, simply said, obviously disappointed, the better team won. Yeah, and that's good of him to say. But also, Checker, do your fucking tie-up, please, mate. It's a World <laughs> Cup quarterfinal. Um, but no, you, you can't not say that. England were a better team. I thought the Aussies left everything on the pitch. I think they should go with their heads held high because they really fronted up. Um Hooper and Pocock, who have been two of the best back row, two of the best flankers out there for the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, however long it's been. I I think today, Curry and Underhill won that battle. Yeah, agreed. I mean, Pocock and Hooper did put England under a bit of pressure. There were a few turnovers. There were some marginal calls coming in at the side and getting away with things, but that happens on, probably on both sides. And, I, and, and my uh, my glasses didn't show me the the England defences. Um, but I thought generally the, the you know the, the game was well refed. We, we there were no major disaster decisions. Um, what did you think of that forward pass situation? I thought I thought so. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I've, I thought Jerome Garcia's had a good game. I, I I know that's easy to say when you win. Ben, I, I agree. I don't think there'd be many Australians that would disagree with you. Yeah, no, I don't. Ben Keith, I heard during the week a podcast, I can't remember who it was from, where, it, but it was one of the, an ex-pro, like, uh, and it was respecting their pro, said, the problem with Ben Keith as a, um, like, TMO is he tries to make it all about Ben Keith. And he tries to do exactly that. There's no obvious forward pass. He said that to Jerome Garcet. <laughs> and I love the fact how, Jerome Garcet... How are you like, saying it's not a forward pass when the yeah. guy receiving the ball starts in front of the guy <laughs> passing the ball? I know. It was, it was the most ridiculous. And I have so much respect for Jerome Garcet saying, that was forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, scrum, yeah. That, that's, that's forward without question. I cannot award a try. Um, you, I don't need to see any more. Yeah, on. And, and, and I love the fact that's the only TMO I've ever seen that seems to only have an aerial view from a drone 50,000 feet up. Like every other TMO decision, you can see a close up. But Ben Keith's like, oh, no, this is the only angle we've got. Shut up, dickhead. Well, it um, didn't matter because it, it was it clear from the angle that we had. Um, <laughs> yeah, even from space, we saw that was a forward pass. So, so it was, uh, yeah, I mean, not that it would have obviously had any bearing on the game. And, no, it um, wouldn't have. Um, but. <clears throat> It was. He's a good winger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I forgot he, his name. What was? Uh, Kurundrani. Is it? Uh, whatever. He's he's a great winger. He's he's got some gas on him. Karevi's a great player. Yeah. Jordan uh, Pataya. I I think he's going to be a brilliant player. I think Australia have got. They, yeah, they he was he was good. Nine ten. He was good. Nine ten, but they they've got some good players going. Jordan Pataya. I think in the end, I think he started well. But in the end, I think the uh, I, I think the experience of the England midfield um, 
the, the experience of the England midfield probably just slightly outdid them. Would you, quick question here, and I'm not trying to put things on a downer, would you say Karevi had a better game than Manu? I think, well, I think the thing is, is that both Karevi and Manu are attacking players. And yeah. when England have a game plan that means that they only have 36% possession, there's only so much, there's only so much that you're going to be able to do with Manu. So, so I would say, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. You know, Karevi appears to have had a better game than Manu, but equally you could say, but Manu's in a, court, in a semi-final and Karevi isn't. So <laughs> You can 100% say that. And, and you're right. If England did have a game plan to only have 36% possession, they could not have played that game plan better. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, I think, I think even you know what I'm, what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even I've figured that out. But no, you're right. You're right. I, I get where you're coming from there. Karevi is a great player. Well, you've got, you've got <laughs> Farrell, uh, you've got Daly, and you've got Slade kicking the ball into space. Except, yeah, yeah. except when England are kind of in their in in the Australian 10, 10 where they're attacking, and therefore Manu's not getting the ball. When Manu did get the ball, I thought he, you know, it was. I don't think he got turned over. Um, he made ground, you know, at every contact he took. I mean, he'd go into contact, and it was suddenly looked like a maul, but it was just him and about nine Australians. So I would say that you know, the time that he had ball in hand, he, he looked pretty useful. But it just he didn't have that flair that Karevi had. But I think that was you know, a, a kind of a, a result of the plan England had today. And since the plan worked, I think you just accept it. I don't I don't think there's any judgment on Manu suggests that he didn't have as good a game no, as he no, could no. have. I think he did everything he could with what was available to him. No, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I thought to a man, um, to a man, I, I think England played the game they needed to play to win and win well. And I am absolutely over the freaking moon about that result. I'd be over the moon about any win, but I, I thought England really showed, to me, they really showed a maturity. And we've been saying it all along, but I think if there were any doubters left, no one can now doubt England can win this World Cup and will win this World Cup. Well, hopefully we'll see we'll see that we'll see the results of that as uh, more and more people pile in to listen to the England rugby pod who've been saying it for two and a half years. Dan, um, we have Carl Sinclair. We talked about him at half time. We were concerned. I, I said I said you needed to keep him on, didn't I? Yeah, you said something like that. Um, <laughs> we said that you know he he needed well he needed to to he, so up to that point he'd responded well. You know when things had had gone against him he'd responded um, and kind of you know. Even even things up, going in at half time, we were saying it's probably good that they're having a break, give them a chance to cool down a bit because it's getting a bit uh, bit tasty out there. Um, he may not have come out and dominated at the scrum, although I'm sure that happened too. But he scored his first international try uh, with a with a beautiful little darting run through the midfield, um, and then we're gonna we're gonna say it that he uh, that he did the fullback for pace. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do you know, I was so angry. I, I literally, uh, I walked downstairs. I was like, I just need a quick pee. Ran downstairs and I just hear the commentators go mad. I'm like, oh, God. I, I, so I ran up and I just missed it live. Got to see, but I was like, typical. But England played well. Thanks. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got more if you want. No, oh, no, no. no. So we'll save those for the, uh, for the, for the extras. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, I thought Australia were naive in times. There were a couple of penalties. Well, I can't believe they didn't take the points. At that point, I think it would have made a difference. I thought England were very, very smart taking the points. 
when it was when we I think we were fourteen up, and one of the commentators like, "What might they go scrum? Might they go?" Scrum? I I was like, "Surely they take points." They did, and they got the points. And Owen Farrell, what was he eight from eight? Yeah, yeah. So four tries, four conversions, four penalties. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, he certainly. And interestingly, when he was being asked about everything and being interviewed, did you did you see? I don't know if you caught the uh, the interviews post game, but um, he was asked, you know, have you got any, a message for the fans? And he just, you know, said what you'd expect. Been amazing, um, loving it. He goes, I just want to thank all the men for following us. Oh, and the women. <laughs> well, come on, Owen. Owen, Eagle Society. Uh, <laughs> he did. He did smile. He, we, we. I, I think we. I think he's forgiven. We made a semi-final. He, 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 he knew what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah he does. Owen Farrell has no malice in him whatsoever. He just all, all Owen Farrell cares about is playing rugby, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, and playing it well. And Jamie George, something I noticed, and it's not been mentioned. I've not seen any mention of it on Twitter. It wasn't mentioned in commentary, but something uh, I really like. Are you going to say line out? Uh, it is about a line out. Is it about where he stands? No. Okay, go on. Can I finish? Sorry, please do. Thank you very much. Um, no, I was going to say, I really liked the fact that whenever he went to start the line out and the ball boy would hand in the ball, ball boy, little Japanese guy, he, the, the ball boy would bow to him as he gave him the ball and he would bow back. There was this, this nice little kind of respect thing going on. I just quite liked it. It was that, Hence the reason why it obviously didn't get mentioned. Um, uh, possibly not. And it's the same as when uh, Christian Lelofano got subbed off and he did the same. He went and bowed. To a thing like showing that respect, I like that. I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's very nice. It's a nice um, touch. It is a nice touch, and, and Australia and England. And there were times in that game where, if if you're watching rugby for the first time, if there were neutrals out there watching rugby for the first time, I think that game is a great ambassador for the sport. Just how hard it was played. There were some great tries, some great skill on display, but there was also some really good respect. There were times where I think Owen Farrell and Ben Youngs picked up one of the Aussie lads and things after like a big tackle. I, yeah, interesting. Nothing kicked off. You yeah. would have thought, particularly with the scoreline where it was, given the possession ratio, you would have thought that there would have been moments where things kicked off. It didn't happen. Both teams, and I don't know whether this is just knockout rugby because it changes things because you can't take any chances. Both teams just totally focused on what they needed to do. And unfortunately, you know, it, it worked for England and, and Australia just had too much to do at a point where there wasn't enough time left to do it all. So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, no, it was good. But anyway, we are going to, just so we say, I know we had messages, we're going to do another Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday pod next week. So please make sure you're listening. Uh, I'm looking to cut this short because I want to watch the game against two teams. One of them has one game left in this World Cup. The other one has two games left in this World Cup. But I want to see the who we're going to knock out next week. I want to watch that match. Um, that'll be a good game. Who, who are you backing, New Zealand or Ireland? What a stupid question. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think New Zealand. I think it's the way, hard not to. The way Ireland have been playing recently, I know that there's lots of talk about they've done it before and there could be an upset, but I think that's, yeah. I think that's dreaming. Um, to be honest, I think New Zealand is too strong uh, for them and I think it will show. So I, I expect an England-New Zealand semi, but who knows? We're going to find out over the course of the next uh, sort of 80 minutes or so. Um, yes. But the bottom line, Dan, with 40 points to 16 victory over Australia, England are the first team. They were the first team to make the quarters. They're the first team to make the semis. Um, and uh, Come on, boys. it's just another step in the right direction. Because, of course, they're doing all of this for us. Because we made a prediction and they didn't want to let us down. They did not want to let us down. That was that was immense. Guys, please write in. Please let us know your thoughts. Please get actively involved with us. Because 
you know, this is this pod is for for the fans and us all to enjoy England's triumph and becoming world champions. Absolutely, and, and of course, as Dan says, get in touch, guys. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, send us your questions at England Rugby Pod on social media, England Rugby Pod at gmail.com if you want to drop an email over to us and let us know your thoughts um, get over to iTunes rate us review us we love hearing what you guys have to say hopefully there's lots of stars attached um, and we'll keep sharing those on the future episodes there's not long to go now uh, but as Dan says we will be back on Tuesday to bring you all of the uh, action from the next uh, the next game and, the, and tomorrow's other quarterfinals and it's going to be an epic weekend of rugby 